Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Radio Omniglots podcast. My name is Simon Ager, and in this episode I want to talk about language learning. Particularly, one way of learning languages that I like, which is learning silly, obscure and weird words and phrases, and playing around with them, and having fun. Because actually... I've been learning several languages for quite a few years now, Russian and Swedish for about three years, Danish for two years, and Czech for about a year, and I've studied all of these apart from Danish before, but for the past few years I've been studying a little bit every day on Duolingo and Memrise, and more recently on Monthly. My current streak on Duolingo is up to 876 days, I think, today. I'm recording this on Sunday the 15th of December 2019. And before that streak, I had another streak of 96 days. So I've actually been learning Russian and Swedish particularly for all that time, learning a little bit every day. And this is the first time I've actually done that for any language. I've I've studied languages before, but I've never actually studied a little bit every day for such a sustained period. And that's one great thing I like about these kind of programs like Duolingo, because it encourages you to maintain your streak. And you can get competitive with others. You want to get as many points as you can during a week, and then you might advance to the next league. I'm currently in the Pearl League, and if I earn some more points today, I might advance to the next league, whatever that might be. And then if you complete all the lessons in a particular topic, you you gain a crown. It doesn't mean anything, it just feels good to to um, get these kind of things. So I've completed courses on Duolingo in uh, Swedish, Russian, Danish, Esperanto, and Spanish. And recently, actually, I discovered that even in courses you completed, if you go back and look at them, you'll find some lessons that look, the um, the icons for each lesson, if you haven't studied it for a while, it has a little crack through it, and then you press on it, and it says, restore your level in this language, or something like that. So even though I've completed the courses, I'm continuing to uh, refresh my knowledge. I'm also studying these languages on other apps, as I mentioned, um, particularly Memrise and Monzi, which work in sort of similar ways, but not exactly the same. So I've been collecting some very silly phrases that come up, particularly on Duolingo, now, a lot of people make jokes about these. There's several Twitter accounts of kind of silly things that Duolingo says. Lots of memes have been created from them. And people say, oh, it's ridiculous. You don't never need to say things like, I don't trust that pig. Or, um, who will defend our city from the dragons? Or there's a goat sleeping on my books. <laughs> these are all phrases I've come across. But if you think about it, because these phrases are so ridiculous, it makes them memorable, and it makes you, it makes you smile when you think of some of them. Often they involve animals. Some spiders have eaten him. Ooh, that sounds rather sinister. That's one of the phrases in Czech. Now, I probably never actually use that in everyday conversation in Czech. I hope not, anyway. But it might come up when you're talking about a book or a film that involves spiders eating someone. But, actually, if you want to know the word for spiders, you think of that phrase, you've got it. No problem, because it's such a ridiculous phrase. Or you want to say something has eaten somebody, then you've got it. Exactly. So, the more mundane words that appear in these phrases are just as memorable as the ridiculous words. So, if you want to talk about trusting someone, think of the phrase, 
Tomo Prasetti, Nivejim, which is his check for I Don't Trust That Pig, the title of this episode. Now you think, hmm, that's not one you'd use very often, is it, really? If you happen to visit a farm in the Czech Republic and a pig did something to you that you didn't like, and it attacked you or something, then you could say, Tomo Prasetti, Nivejim, I Don't Trust That Pig, the next time you see it, because you may be afraid it might attack you. But actually, you probably wouldn't use it in everyday life. You're visiting Prague, there's not many pigs you're likely to be untrustworthy of. <laughs> there may be other things you don't trust, or do trust, depending on the circumstances. So in fact, if you want to say, I don't trust something, or I do trust something, it's easy to extrapolate from that phrase. Or he trusts something, or she trusts something, or they trust something, etc. So when you take these phrases, the initial phrase may seem completely useless, but when you start playing with them and thinking about them, actually it gives you useful structures. And because they're ridiculous, they're more memorable. And sometimes Duolingo can get quite political. There's one phrase that came up in one of the lessons recently, which means the wall is not going to solve anything. Now which wall could that be referring to, I wonder? Well, possibly the wall that a certain president would like to build and get someone else to pay for, perhaps. And there's other phrases in the lesson about saying something like, we don't trust our president, or we're ashamed of our president, or we think our president's ridiculous, that sort of thing. Yeah, they could be quite useful, genuinely useful, in political discussions, perhaps. And other phrases that have come up recently have been quite intriguing, such as Musime to auto vratit kvuli pavokum. Another one about spiders there. We must return that car because of the spiders. That intrigues me. Now what happens with this car? Was it infested with spiders? Did spiders attack it? It must have been a hire car. Someone rented this car and found it full of spiders, perhaps? and they had to return it. Or they visited somewhere and left the windows open and the spiders got in, or something like that. Each phrase like this could be the beginning or even end of an interesting story, a song, a poem. So you can use these phrases to be get creative. And as I said, you can, they give you structures that you can use in more everyday mundane phrases. If you want to talk about cars and returning something or spiders, you know, you just think of that phrase and you've got the vocabulary for it. It's very useful. Another one that came up recently in Czech again was When I was closing the suitcase, the body was not in it. Very sinister that one might be. What kind of body was it? Must have been quite a big suitcase if it was a person, or a very small person perhaps. And um, it sounds like a phrase that you might say to the police when they're asking you, why is there a body in your suitcase? Or something like that. So, yeah, this this phrase is definitely very useful if you want to talk about suitcases, closing things, bodies, or where things are, are not, and also talking about the past as well. Another rather sinister phrase that came up in Czech was Vlednice jenici hlava. There is somebody's head in the fridge. Very sinister, that one. Why would somebody's head be in the fridge? How did it get there? Who put it there? Whose head is it? Whose fridge is it? You see, you can think about these phrases and play with them and find interesting ways to use them or use the structures. So if you want to know, What are those wolves doing here? 
Well, I don't know. What are those wolves doing here? Did they escape from the zoo? Are they wild wolves that happen to come down from the mountains because it's winter and it's cold and they're looking for food? Are they dangerous? Do we need to run away? Or are they friendly? We don't know. Also, learning obscure words. I mean, it's not every day you need to talk about wolves, is it? Or spiders, perhaps. Or heads in the fridge. Or even fridges. Well, fridges is quite a useful word, actually, I suppose. Everybody's got a fridge, more or less. So it's something you might talk about if you're in a domestic situation. But wolves are not usually an everyday conversation, except for people who are out looking for wolves, involved with wolves in some way, interested in nature. So they're not a <laughs> regular conversation. Oh, another, another good one is Nami Knihach Spikosa. There's a goat sleeping on my books. Now, why is the goat sleeping on my books? I don't know. Perhaps it's tired. But why is it sleeping on my books and not anybody else's? And why is a goat sleeping on my books and not a horse or a sheep or a cow? And if you say these things in the language you're learning, obviously it's a great way to practice using the language. Now, I, I would struggle to say all of these things in Czech. I could, I could probably say some of them, but I wouldn't be sure about all the grammar, so I'd have to check that. But even doing that would be a useful exercise, because then I'd find out how to talk about other kinds of animals. Or I could play with a sentence and say there's a goat dancing on my books or there's a goat um, lying on my books or standing on my books or doing something else on my books. Or I could turn the statement into a question and ask Why is there a goat sleeping on my books? Or change the tense and say There was a goat sleeping on my books. But now it's gone. Where has the goat gone? What's it doing? What kind of goat was it? Was it a big goat? A small goat? A friendly goat? A smelly goat? An angry goat? And why was it sleeping? Was it tired? What had it been doing beforehand? Where did it come from? Whose goat was it? There's so many different possibilities. Just from one simple sentence. Ridiculous sentence it may be, but you can see how all this would help you with your language learning journey. Now, I've gone through most of the... uh, silly phrases I've collected from Duolingo in Czech. There's one other one that I've got. Um, what is it? Nesem stroi. I am not a machine. And I can assure you that that is entirely true. I am not a machine. And now it's time for a song, I think. This is a rather silly song I wrote back in 2015 about two made-up creatures that are used in linguistic experiments. The wug, which is a kind of blue bird-like creature, and the cra, which is a kind of red, kind of roundy, uh, haggis-like creature, perhaps. So this is the ballad of the wug and the cra. And the dance and sang all night. 
to do is to learn obscure words in the languages I'm learning, and even in English as well. And um, this is not for any practical reasons. I do learn languages for practical reasons sometimes, because I'm planning to visit a place where they're spoken, or I have friends or know people who speak them, and I want to be able to communicate with them in their native tongue, or I want to be able to read uh, material in that language. But... Quite often when I learn languages, I do it for fun, kind of out of interest, because I like discovering how languages work, and I enjoy actually trying to speak them, and learning things like tongue twisters, and obscure idioms, and such like. So one word I learnt in Welsh fairly recently was mumpui, which means fancy or whimsy, and mumpuiol, which means whimsical or fanciful. Now, I think of a lot of my songs and tunes as quite whimsical and fanciful. In fact, I came up with a new genre of for the kind of songs and tunes I write, Whimsyful, which combines those two ideas. And one of the tune I wrote 
Very recently was called Lumpui Porthaisui, the Menai Bridge Fancy. And when I tell my Welsh-speaking friends about this, only a few of them have heard of this word. So it's not an everyday word, but I just like the sound of it. And I don't think there's any harm in learning words like this. I mean, yes, if you want to be able to communicate with people about everyday things, you need to learn everyday vocabulary. But if you're reading stories and listening to songs, then you might need to learn more obscure words like this or other things. So don't just concentrate on the the most commonly used words. It's definitely useful to, to know them, but it's fun to learn more obscure words as well. So I think that's all I'm going to say on this topic. I hope you found this interesting and possibly useful. If you want to leave any comments or suggestions or find notes on this episode and other episodes of the Radio Omniglot podcast, you can go to omniglot.com slash radio. You can recommend it to your friends if you feel like it. You can even leave a little donation, or perhaps a large one, if you feel generous and you like what you hear and you want to support this podcast and my work on Omniglot. You can contact me via the Radio Omniglot website or on email at feedback at omniglot.com. I have been Simon Ager, this is the Radio Omniglot podcast, and that is all I have to say on this episode. So thank you for listening, and goodbye.